Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advance Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss the Eagles' latest letdown loss, where they go from here, and who is in the best shape to win the NFC East moving forward. Chris, how are you doing today? Um, this this game was just horrible. It was just hard, tough to watch. It just seeing the way the Eagles came out after the bye week and not able to go ahead and take advantage of the time off. It, it was just it was putrid. I mean, how are you doing? Well, I mean. It, it was something new for me. Uh, there, I've never covered a Giants win in my entire time uh, covering the Eagles. So uh, it's one of those things where uh, I guess history was made. Um, you know, the Eagles had won eight straight games, and you're the reason why they finally didn't sweep the Giants, I'm pretty sure. How is this on me? <laughs> it's not on you. Actually, in fact, it's on everybody probably but you. Oh, this was a complete team loss in a lot of ways. I think this is kind of a microcosm of what the season has become, right? Like the Eagles consistently find new ways to lose or to win ugly in a way where you feel like it's a loss. Uh, it's the lack of turnovers from the defense. It's the poor field positioning on second and third down from the offense. It's Carson Wentz struggling to find a rhythm. It's Doug Peterson either oversimplifying the offense or overcomplicating the offense. It's, you know, I mean, look, this is what the Eagles are right now. And I, I'm telling you, I see flashes of talent consistently. And I think this is a talented roster. I just think they shoot themselves in the foot so often that it's, it just becomes this thing where they create this hole that they have to climb out of and they just never can uh, shovel enough dirt out of this hole to get themselves on even ground. And that's not to say the Giants didn't play well. I thought the Giants were the much better team today. I thought Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz were both outcoached. I thought Jason Garrett and Patrick Graham both did a great job in this game. Uh, the, the, the Giants' defense really didn't fall for any of the trickery that 
the limited trickery that Doug Peterson tried to pull off. I thought uh, the Giants came in with a great game plan, utilizing Daniel Jones's mobility and taking some deep strikes and chances. I, look, I thought the Giants were the better team here. What did you think? I think so as well, too, but I, th- I have to look at the way that this team prepared. I know they kept saying that they had a great week of practice, but when you look at the game plan in itself, they, they ran the ball. I, I will say this. I will give them credit for keeping the ball on the ground for as long as they did with Miles Sanders. I mean, Miles Sanders had a good day. I mean, 15, 15 rushes for 85 yards, averaging 5.7 yards a carry. He looked like he looked like the best person that was out on the field all day. I mean, he did. The one thing I will say against that, it wasn't fond that he did. He did drop a couple of easy passes. In, in that stretch, but the way that this team just didn't come out and decide to, hey, you know what, we have a chance to really put some distance ahead of ourselves. That's what I'm thinking. Like they would, you would think they would think that, like we could put some distance ahead of everybody else in the division, and they just came out and just go, like a ho hum. Okay, yeah, we came out, we we tried our best, and we didn't do it. We need to execute. And then eleven penalties. I mean, how many times are we going to have to keep hearing? Well, we got to do a better job. We need to execute, and we need to go ahead, and we got to stop the, the shooting ourselves in the foot. At, at, after a point, you got to look at the coach, don't you think? Absolutely, there's no question about it, Chris. And and that's the thing too is I feel like this is a constant broken record. And Jalen Mills said it perfectly after the game. He said the division. Speaking about the division lead, it's irrelevant because it really is. If they can't turn this thing around and beat good teams. This next seven-game stretch that they're about to go through is going to be nothing compared to what they did against, you know, the Bengals and and the Red, uh, Washington football team and, and the Giants. Because look, you're going to play some like uh, I believe outside of the division games, every t- other team has six wins on the season. So you're going through like this gauntlet of of great good to great teams. And if the Eagles can't even beat bad teams, what are they even doing? You know what I mean? We can talk about how a team might be able to win this division at six and 10 or six, nine and one, or, you know, five, uh, 10 and one or whatever. But a team's goal is never to just win the division. It's to do something after they win the division, give themselves the best chance to win playoff games. I don't think the Eagles can even sniff a win in the, in the playoffs at this point. I, I know I've said before that if you can get a home playoff game, you've got a chance. But if you're if you're doing that as a paper division champion, which at you know six or five wins, you are definitely a paper division champion. Um, I mean, it's just rough to come off the bye week and play as listless as they played today. Uh, in a game that they really had to win from a lot of aspects. Look, they can go in and they can beat Cleveland. I think Cleveland's a winnable game. I think they can beat Dallas. I think they can beat um, Washington. I think they can sneak a win past one of these scary-looking teams like Arizona or New Orleans, but it's not going to be easy, and I don't see their road to 500 being there now that they've lost the Giants. Are you kind of on the same page? I don't feel as comfortable next week against Cleveland. I really don't. Well, yeah, I mean, they you shouldn't feel comfortable against anyone. I just think they can win that game. I, I, I'm at that point. I don't even know if they can do that right now. I, I don't think they can do that. And then the only, like you mentioned, the only game I think right now is going to depend on the health of Drew, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints who left the game with a rib injury. That might be the only game they had in a stretch. I would have thought maybe the Packers had him to the season, but even then that looks – like a daunting task. I well, just I mean, at, the Jaguars yeah. held them to 24 points and only lost by four. So, 
I mean, there's that. Look, I, I think it's an any given Sunday situation, but if you, you're not able to put consistent wins together, sorry to cut you off, but if you're not able to put consistent wins against good teams together, what are they even doing here? You know what I mean? It is, it, I just, I mean, looking at the way that they, they've been coaching this team and looking at the way they've been setting stuff up and the game planning and everything else, especially on a def- on an offensive and defensive side, when you look at some of these, they're going to have to go against some prolific wide receivers and passing attacks. And what we saw today when it came to they were in the secondary, I mean, they looked like they were picking on Devontae Maddox and uh, Nickel Roby Coleman all day. I mean, Craven LeBlanc played decently, I think. I thought he did. I thought Slade did okay, except for that uh, that last uh, pat, that 39-yard pass he gave up at, in the fourth quarter. But other than that, I, I just don't see – when this team goes against a mobile quarterback or a good passing attack, This it's just – they just don't have the pieces, it seems like, to go ahead and do this. And I'm not feeling – I don't – I don't even know now if they can win a division. It's, they, they still statistically could do so, but I, I don't even know if they can really do that. If you can't even beat the Giants, the Giants may have, have the momentum going right now in this division. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? And that's why Mills said, look, the division leads irrelevant right now. It doesn't really matter. You could be up by a game and a half, which is what they kind of are. Like, I'm not really sure of the math. The Giants have played one extra game, but the and the Eagles have one and a half less losses but they have the same amount of weight. I, I don't know. Math isn't my strongest suit, but they, That's anyway, the, reporters. <laughs> yeah, the, Eagles, the Eagles have, have a lead um, and they'll have a lead even if they lose next week uh, because of that tie that has become like such a weird situation when you're trying to do the math here. But anyway, um, look, I, I, I'm trying to be positive here, and I I can't. It's hard, okay? Let's just get into the game, all right? Um, (laughs) Because this is a recap show, and we're going a little too big picture a little too early on. We apologize, or if you like that, you're welcome. Um, (laughs) So let's start off with the offense. I didn't, I thought Carson was mediocre which is what he's kind of been all all year. This was a different type of mediocre. I thought he made good decisions with the ball for the most part, but it was almost like he was playing with water wings, essentially. He really bit deep into the game manager situation. Now, under regular circumstances, if he's able to connect on some big plays down the field, or or some big plays in in his... you know, dump the ball off and get some big plays off his playmakers, uh, carrying the ball the rest of the way, that works. But in this game, it just kind of seemed like nothing was there. His longest completion went for 22 yards. Uh, He finished with 208, uh, you know, he finished with a 72.8 passer rating with 200 passing yards. Like, it was an uneventful day for him. Uh, And all three of the Eagles scoring drives were basically – carried by the running game uh how did you you did the qb report card how did he turn out for you what grade did you give him i believe he got a uh c minus because the thing the reason why he got a c minus for me was his accuracy he still is shooting he's still shooting high on these receivers and you would think that and it's not like it's going to be something that's a quick fix because you're in the middle of a season now and you can say hey you're going to work on trying to go ahead and, and get that right but a lot of times especially when you have like when you have that repetitive motion as a quarterback and you're so used to stuff, you're going to need to take time away to dedicate solely on that, and they just don't have that during the season. It's, it's, so that's not going to go away. I thought he missed a 
he missed a few uh, open receivers, especially in the fourth quarter. He had Travis Fogel streaking wide, uh, streaking wide open on the uh, second to last possession they had. He did not see him, and that that would have been a big play for touchdown. He's wide open. He missed that. He had Alshon Jeffrey in the middle of the field a couple of times, and he like he looked at looked him off and looked and checked down to something else. It. I know is with this Giants defense, you have to they play that zone, and you have to go ahead and and put together long drives, but. I mean, it's bad when it gets to the point where you have to celebrate and go, hey, he didn't turn the ball over for the first time. I mean, he's supposed to be the franchise quarterback. And I'm at the point where even I I thought I think I'm at the point now, even if it, if this happens again next game and he comes out slow in the first half, I'm putting Hurts in for the rest of the second half of the, that following game, a la uh, Donovan McNabb via Cobb. I mean, would you do that? Yeah, I'd at least consider it. Look, they're not going to bench him outright. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. He does give you your best chance to win. I don't think Hertz is particularly ready based on what we've seen. I do think he needs to be involved in the offense more, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a quarterback. Uh, if you're going to use him, use him, but you don't necessarily need to take away his legs, so to speak. Use him as a running back. Use him uh, as a decoy. Do stuff that's intriguing. You don't have to necessarily throw Carson Wentz's rhythm off at quarterback. I I don't think that that's necessary. You know, if you have him in the slot, he can always, you always have to worry about the potential of him, you know, doing an end around or, or um, a pass or, you know, a fleet, you know, like there's trick plays that you can run with him moving in motion pre-snap that can distract the defense where he doesn't necessarily have to touch the ball. Uh, And I think that would help the offense. Um, As far as putting him under center, uh, for a prolonged period, uh, I mean, they'd have to, I mean, like it would have to be like another one of those Cowboys games where he's throwing a ton of interceptions and just turning the ball over. Um, that said, look, Carson, you're right. A hundred percent. Travis Fulgham got the matchup that he wanted every single, like at least a dozen times against, uh, Isaac Yiden, who is terrible. And got open, and Carson didn't even look his way. It looked like Carson was, like, really nailing down his first or second read right away. Uh, It was almost like they game-planned away from Travis Fulgham because they expected him to be uh, shadowed by Bradbury, and that just didn't happen. Um, Carson threw towards Bradbury, like, at least eight times in this game, and I don't know if there were any significant gains off of that one rabbit has been maybe the best cornerback in the nfc right <laughs> this year and they tested him quite often uh i thought jalen rager got off to a nice start um but really the passing game overall was pretty lackluster greg ward didn't really do much he had five catches for 39 yards his inability to kind of get you know more than 10 yards on the catch is really one of those things that I think is frustrating for this offense and why I know there's a lot of big Greg Ward fans out there, but they really need to upgrade the slot position at some point. He's a good utility fourth or fifth guy, but he's just not a consistent playmaker there. Um, if they wanted 7.8 yards per catch on, in the slot, they probably would have just kept Nelson Aguilar. Um, you look at guys like Goddard. Goddard had four catches for 33 yards. They were the most forgettable 33 yards you've ever seen. Um, you know, it's just like it doesn't seem like Carson Wentz is in rhythm with his weapons at all, and and the Eagles are suffering because of that. And I don't really get it because Travis Fulgham was sensational <laughs> the previous five games. So 
that's something they need to fix. Maybe this is just a bump in the road. I thought, um, let's talk about the running game, okay? Because Boston Scott, the giant slayer, had an impressive 56-yard uh, touchdown run. It looked like Miles Sanders was feeling himself, 15 carries for 85 yards. Then we got Corey Clement's first touchdown in two years. How do you think the running game played out? I thought it was great. I thought they did a great job. I thought the offensive line did a good job run blocking. I'll say that. They definitely did a good job run blocking and opening some holes as well, too. I think they did a good job sticking with the run as long as they did. That's And that, I think that's why it was a little frustrating on me to jump off and get into the defenses, but it was frustrating that they were down early because I think that if they had actually had a lead, I think they could have salted this one away because they were – they were getting a good uh, – what was it? They averaged – they finished averaging 6.8 yards of carrying. I know, granted, 56 yards. A lot of that was Boston Scott's long run. But they were really, really taking it to the uh, Giants defensive line and, and it wearing them down. And I, I will say this. I will give Peterson credit for going ahead and sticking with the run as long as they did to try to go ahead and open some stuff. And you would think that, especially if they were – as, as much as they were running the ball, as successfully won the ball, you could go all play action off that, and they just didn't – they weren't able to capitalize on it. But I thought overall, I mean, they, they did a good job. I mean, what did you think of Sanders coming back in his first game? I thought he looked great. I kept turning to you, and I was just like, this guy's so much more talented than everybody else on the field. Yeah, it's did. like <laughs> unreal. Uh, I The thing is, is if he can stay healthy, they can anchor this offense around him. And I, it seemed like that was the game plan going in. Um, they got a little bit away from it, but I, he, he struggled a little bit in the passing game. Um, but I think Miles Sanders is the guy you build this offense around right now. Carson Wentz just, he's a, he's a guy, he's not the guy. And I think Miles Sanders, if you feel like he's healthy, that's who you're building this offense around. Um, you know, the Browns are going to have an equally good running game next, next week, if not better. Uh, and you're going to want to play keep away ball there. Um, so, yeah, he's the guy I'd build around moving forward. I've said that several times. I think Miles Sanders is, is the best talent in this offense. I'm waiting for Jalen Rager to kind of be uh, – when we talk about talented playmakers, let's move on to the passing game. We already brought up Fulgham. I brought up Rager a little bit. I'm waiting for Rager to be coached to his skill set. It feels like none of the play calling is really to his skill set. This kid should be burning it down the field. Uh, and while he was great on slants throughout training camp, there's more to him than catching across the middle of the field. I just I'm waiting for them to actually like let this kid loose because what you're seeing is not what he is actually giving this team. Um, it look. Uh, They've got a game plan for guys like Fulgham. They've got a game plan for guys like Rager, Goddard, whatever. It just kind of seems like they're doing like plays that are scattered on who the first reads are. And it's like not working. Uh, it's, it's bad when Richard Rogers has looked like the best receiver on this team in like three of the last five games uh, outside of Fulgham. Sorry. The, you know, the, the secondary weapon, I guess, in the passing game. Um, what did you take away from the, the passing game in general, at least from the weapon standpoint, not obviously Wentz, we already talked about him. Well, I, I thought that they, they could have taken advantage by the way the Giants was playing the defense. They could have taken advantage of the seams. And I don't know if it was the, the weather had anything to do with it because it, get, get, it did get breezy, uh, a little bit more breezy toward the end of the game. But early on, I thought they were attack the seams and, and, and really push some things. I thought Rodgers did do a great job. I don't know if Goddard, 
it still has I don't know if Goddard still has that ankles lingering a little bit on him. He's like he was lumbering a little bit as well, too. And you were right about Rager. I mean, he's going ahead. I'm waiting to see them use him more, even even if it's the reverses and stuff like that. I'm still waiting to see them use the jet sweeps and everything else. I think he has the speed to be dynamic in this offense. And they didn't really they haven't really used him in that way. And I think I think Fogum didn't do. I think Fogum did all right, but they really didn't target him. And, and then I think Jeffrey did all right as well, too. I mean, it was it, it just seems like this offense, like you see, if you have one guy going and then he just seems to get lost at times in there. I, it's just weird how this works. And I, I don't I hope Greg Ward, I I, I know I, I know he's done. He's doing guy. He reminds me. Of, he reminds me of one of his assistant coaches, Jason Avant. He's like, he'll he'll run to the sticks. He'll get you that. He'll get you that catch, and then that's it. I would love to see him get more uh, yards after the catch, but these these weapons, it's just it's just frustrating when you see the speed and the talent and, and the abilities these guys are not getting the most out of them. Yeah, I think the, I think it's it's tough. You know, um, it's one of those things where um, the Eagles just don't. Excuse me, they don't seem to have a rhythm to their play calling. They don't have a rhythm to their talent. Uh, it just seems like everything's out of whack. And I, I don't really get it. If that makes sense. Like it doesn't, there's no, like, there's no logic to why this team is struggling the way it is. Does that make sense? Like, well, I guess, you know, you know, from, from where I stand, I just kind of don't know what the Eagles can do do to make this better maybe that's where my confusion is Uh, and i'm sure i do sound confused to listeners because i'm just like i'm trying to think of the right words here you would think i wasn't a writer anyway um let's move over to the defense because i thought there was some good i thought there was some bad um or there was a lot of bad look this team prepared for daniel jones they knew what daniel jones could do uh they saw the 80 yard run where he just tripped over himself uh, and should have been a touchdown in, in the the win uh, in week seven. Uh, Daniel Jones ate this run defense alive. The linebackers looked out of place consistently. Uh, you know, a couple of days after Ken Falagel said that Nate Gary saves them in a lot of plays, I thought TJ Edwards was kind of exposed after having the best game of his career against the Cowboys. I thought Singleton kind of looked kind of weak, not weak against the run, but was out of place. He finished with 15 combined tackles, but you, I noticed maybe two good plays that he had. Uh, Brandon Graham was kind of isolated a little bit. Um, look, there were some sacks here. There were some sacks there. Vinny Curry had an okay game. Uh, Fletcher Cox got, had an impressive sack. Derek Barnett had a sack to open the game, but overall I just wasn't impressed by what these guys were doing on defense uh, especially in the it, it, in the secondary, you brought it. I think you brought it up either when we previously tried to record this and we had some difficulties, or it was off off air. But this secondary, whew, uh, Darius Slay had the big bomb that he gave up, but he's largely been okay. Uh, Avante Maddox just isn't an outside corner, in my opinion. I, I just I, I think this experiment's not working. I would rather see him at, at nickel. And I'd rather see Nikel Roby Coleman on waivers, if that makes sense. <laughs> Where are you at with the secondary? I'm with you on that because, and and the thing is, and the scary thing is, we 
we were watching thinking like, hey, you know what? Nicole Roby Coleman or or Vonnie Max were going to be the ones that are fighting it out. It's going to be this great three-man trio, and they have played anything but that. I mean, Craven LeBlanc has all of a sudden, I think he's right now, he's elevated himself to probably the, best, the second best corner in his team, and that's scary because you have Darius Slay in three slot corners. That's the way it's, it's rough seeing this, and teams are going to go ahead and start picking it. They know if they know Slay's on one side, they're going to continually pick on who the or Maddox or Ruby Coleman to continually do that. And these guys haven't stepped up to be able to do it. Now, getting back to the defensive line, these defensive tackles, I mean, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Bleak Jackson, I mean, you're paying these guys so much money and to be gashed up the middle of the field as they were early on. I'm glad that they, I'm glad Jim Schwartz found a way to go ahead and, uh, and fix some of those issues they had, but they, they were getting gashed early and gashed bad. And you would think after, you know, we've heard over over time and time again that you know in this league that people are just it's a copycat league. You would think, especially when it comes to quarterback runs in these wide runs, you would think they'll go ahead and stop it or, or or expect to see it, and they still haven't been able to do it. I mean, Daniel Jones is not Lamar Jackson, but yet he the Eagles somehow puts him on the same level as him. It is it's it's frustrating. And getting to the linebackers real quick, they're they're absorbing once again. They absorb the blocks too much. They don't shed off these blocks, and it's gashing. And they got gashed. Wayne Gallman looked really good today, and Wayne Gallman he, he's a decent back, but he's not the level that the Eagles made him look. And he's I, I don't know what you do. There's so many holes on this defense as well too. Like the offense is, I don't know what you do. What what do you do? How do you fix this? I. <laughs> You got me. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's one of those things where we kind of previewed it. We're like, well, you know, Darius Lee's going to have to play really, really well because whoever the number two is is going to probably get targeted quite often. And I don't know if the answer is moving Jalen Mills back to corner. I know a lot of people have qualms with him playing on the outside, but frankly, I'd rather see what you have in Will Parks or Kayvon Wallace at strong safety than see more of Avante Maddox on the outside of corner. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I think he's a size mismatch um, almost on every play. And yeah, he's scrappy and whatever, but like the nickel spots not playing well. So you've made two positions worse by having him out there. And so my thought process would be move Jalen Mills back outside the corner uh, Darius Slay is obviously the number one guy and he travels and then you'll have uh, Maddox at nickel and you can, whenever Epps gets back, you can have him as the, the third safety, I guess, or you play Kayvon. Well, I, I don't know, but the secondary needs to get figured out. And right now uh, that's a glaring issue. Like the whole back end, like the defensive line can only do so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know what it reminds me of? It's eerie. Just, just thought about this. I'm nowhere saying that these these Eagles defense is nowhere near like the 92 or the defense Eagles defense early 90s. Is when they had Eric Allen, a, a Hall of Fame cornerback, and then you had Mark McMillan, an undersized cornerback at five nine. It's almost like it's watching. It's like watching this play out itself all over again. I mean, they, they have to in the off season. They have to address this uh, this off corner. They if if they go ahead and address that, so I don't. And free agency looks like a long shot, but they have to do it right in the draft because this you're setting. You're, they have to fix it because if not, they're setting themselves up to for the same thing the following year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they they put Michael Jack Cato out there or what, but they need to do something at least for the rest of the year too. Um, 
let the young kids play, I guess, because what's going on right now is not working. I know they really like Avante Maddox, but this is just not working. Uh, another thing I want to talk about is special teams, okay? Uh, I'm going to give Rudy Ford some shout-outs right now. Kayvon Wallace played pretty well um, getting downfield. But, man, this special teams lasts so much oomph. And Dave Phipps has been here for so long. It's like if there's one guy, <clears throat> excuse me, that I could see getting scapegoated uh, midseason, it might be Fip. I just don't know what this special teams does that makes it good, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's not – I'm not expecting special teams to be dynamic, but you remember when Fip first got here, those first three years with Chip Kelly, the special teams unit would produce points. They'd block punts. They'd block field goals. This has been like a lackluster effort for like the last three years, and I'm not really sure uh, if I'm the problem for Dave Fipp because they see they, they seem to scrabble, scrabble scrabble they seem to struggle on special teams the second I got here, but there's <laughs> this is like three years now where they don't really provide much benefit to this team, and special teams is a huge part uh of this entire pie right here and i just don't know what like there's nothing dynamic about the return game there's really nothing dynamic about the punt team uh even when cam johnson johnson is making amazing punts there's issues or he'll struggle or what have you i mean it's just i mean jake elliott's been inconsistent i I just don't know what the solution is here but i think special teams as this team struggles on both sides of the ball is going to need to step up. And it just seems like they're like, you know, non-existent from a helping out standpoint. Does that make sense? Yeah. Especially when you look at the field position. I mean, when you look at, when you look at when it comes to punt returns, when's the last time you really thought you saw a great punt return by his Eagles? Uh, and, and by great, I mean like of more than 20 yards. You have it. Yeah. When I it can't, comes to I kick can't remember. Yeah, you can't. Kick returns. It's almost automatic. It's like, you know, you're going to get a, it's going to be a fair catch when it comes to a punt. Or like today, there, there was a couple instances where it might have been war, war didn't, war call for signal for fair catch, let the ball drop, and then they put the Giants down and around like the th- two or three yard line. I mean, with an offense, especially with the way this offense is struggling, they're going to need every single help, uh, every single yard when it comes to field position. And they keep finding themselves in these bad positions. And I, it, it I don't. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's the way that the returns are being diagrammed. I don't know if teams have finally caught on to what the Eagles have done on their coverage teams. I. It's just. I mean, you, you saw what a good coverage teams. Are. I saw. I believe that I saw the referee signal one time. The Giants almost blocked a Cam Johnston punt. It like he just he signaled like it was deflected. You don't see these exotic looks on these punt rushes or anything else to put pressure to try to force these the opposing special teams to make mistakes. And it's. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they, he feels like he doesn't have the personnel to do it. it, it, it it's baffling, especially when we when we see over time again, you have these young guys with a lot of speed. Well, that speed's not translating very much right now. It's, it, it, it's baffling. Yeah, and you know what? We've brought it up several times. This team's headed towards like being ripped apart at the seams and – you know, the normal guys who would show up, who we praised in the first half of the season, didn't really step up in this game. Like, Fulgham had eight, one catch for eight yards. I know he wasn't targeted all that often. He was getting open. Uh, Brandon Graham wasn't really particularly a bright spot or a negative spot. Uh, TJ Edwards, who had that nice game against the Cowboys, kind of struggled in this one. Darius Slay didn't play 
particularly great overall. Um, gave up that big catch down the sideline. Um, you know, I, I mean, it, it, look, this team's not very good right now. There are definitely t- individual talents on this team. Josh Sweat's kind of disappeared. Uh, you know, um, Rodney McLeod, I barely noticed today. Uh, but, like, again, it, it, this is like an overarching issue for this team. They need to figure out how they can turn things around. Now, we, we brought up the NFC East. Uh, we'll close out with this. When it comes down to it, look, the Giants still have a pretty tough schedule. They have to pay, face pretty much everybody that the Eagles have to face. That uh, Here, let me, let's go over the schedule, okay, uh, for the Giants and everybody else. Um, I'll pull that up. Here, let's actually first do the Cowboys. So the Cowboys were on a bye this week. They face the, the, the Minnesota Vikings next week on the road. Then they play Washington. Then they play Baltimore. Then they play Cincinnati and San Francisco. Then the Eagles and the Giants. Now, that's still a pretty difficult schedule. I know the Vikings stumbled out the gate, but they've kind of turned things around and you don't have Dak Prescott. That seems like a losable game. Uh, Washington's kind of like the Jekyll and Hyde of, of the NFC East. The Ravens are probably going to kick them into the dirt. The Bengals are starting to get better with Joe Burrow. San Francisco, depending on if Jimmy Garoppolo's back, could be a tough matchup. The Eagles obviously already beat the Cowboys. And then the Giants look like they're kind of, their engines are kind of revving a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I think it's a situation where if the Cowboys can get some sort of return from the quarterback position, they'll be all right. Washington, who just lost to Detroit on Sunday, will then face the Bengals next week. They've had the Cowboys and they have the Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, Panthers, and then Eagles. Again, not an easy road. Uh, And then let's go to the Giants. Uh, So the Giants are now going to be on a bye week. Then they face the Bengals, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. So outside of the Bengals and the Cowboys, four teams with six and three records. Uh, actually, the Ravens might. The Ravens are playing right now um, against. Well, while we record this, against the Patriots, and they're down thirteen to ten. But yeah, if the Ravens lose tonight, they'd be six and three. So everybody has at least six wins in that four-game stretch for the Giants. So this isn't going to be a cakewalk for anybody down the stretch. Who do you got winning the division, Chris? <sighs> yeah, see, now that I bring up the schedule, it's like, well, maybe the Eagles can still pull this off <laughs> at, like, you know, whatever. But um, The Cowboys schedule, I'm looking at, like, see, it dep- see for me, it depends on... It's all Dalton quarterback, right? Yeah, it's, it's the, if Dalton comes back and he's okay... They scary, but uh, that's the thing. You put your faith in Andy Dalton. I mean, that, that offense is still potent, but that defense is atrocious. Giants are hitting their. The thing with the Giants is they they have the pieces around there to be okay on offense. It's a matter of which Daniel Jones if he's going to turn a ball over or not. And Washington has Captain Checkdown and Alex Smith. And I mean, I, I look at I don't see them being as dynamic on offense. They, they reflect the mindset of their head coach of their head coach Ron Rivera. I mean. <sighs> Jesus, Alex I, Smith threw 55 times today. Oh, boy. I, I'm looking. This division is awful. I'm really having a tough time. I guess. You right? Have to go with the it's Eagles. one of those things where it's like, 
you can't rule the Eagles out as terribly as they're playing. Like the, what, what's the analogy I always use? The stake is always kind of there. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. in front of the, okay. So let's recap since we already talked about those, those games. Uh, let's also look at the Eagles schedule. So they have the Browns on the road. Then they have the Seahawks on Monday night football at the link. Then they have the Packers on the road, the saints at home, uh, the Cardinals on the road, the Cowboys on the road, and then they close at the link against Washington. If they can beat Dallas and Washington, that's uh, five wins. If they can beat the Browns, that's six. Then they just probably need to win one of the four games of Seahawks, Packers, Saints, and Cardinals, which to me is doable. I have them at six wins, and I guess, oh, I guess I, I have them at that's six. I, I see six wins there for the Eagles. Yeah, like I game, look so. here. Here's here's the way. Here's what I think happens. Okay, so let's go down this. Are you looking at the schedule right now? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. All right, Browns. I've got a win. What do you got? I got, I got a loss. Okay. Uh, Seahawks. A loss. Yeah, I got a loss too. Packers. I'm at a loss. Lost too. Okay. Um, Saints, I've got a win. I have that as a win too, especially with the way Breeze is throwing the ball now. Is is he? He's, okay. So yeah. you have them right now at four wins. I have them at five. Cardinals. That's a loss. Okay. Um, I actually think they can win that game, but I'll go with a loss. Uh, Cowboys. Win. Win. Uh, Washington. Win win okay so i have them winning seven games you have them winning six yeah uh <laughs> now let's okay fine then here, all right let's do this we're gonna do this so washington uh Bengals. you know i'm gonna go Bengals win i think the Bengals. yeah it's a loss. yeah cowboys i say cowboys win yeah i think so too Steelers. I think the Steelers Lost. win that game easily. Yeah. Uh, so 49ers. That's a toss up to me. I, I could go I, either way. I think way. they. I, oh, it's, it's in four, it's in San Fran. Washington loses. Okay. So right there, we have four straight losses that would put them at two and eleven. So they're done. Okay. That's bad. <laughs> this is, this is a well, okay, so let's do the Giants now. <laughs> this is what you listeners pay for, or well, or download for. Okay, so <laughs> Giants at Bengals, I have that as a win for the Giants. Uh, I, yeah, Giants win that game. Okay, so that's four wins. Uh, Seahawks, that's a loss. Right? Right. Oh, yeah, definitely a loss. Uh, Cardinals on the East Coast. I'll give them a win there. So that's five. I think it's a lot. I think the Cardinals are, I think the Cardinals are for real. I think the Giants lose that game. Okay. Uh, Browns at home. Gosh, it's right. I think the Giants win that game. Okay. I think they lose that game. Um, Ravens, they lose. Yep. Uh, Cowboys, I think they can win. Yeah. So that'd be seven wins. So the Eagles would need to win seven games as well because they'd I have the tiebreaker with the half game. Yeah, and I don't see it. So I guess the Giants are winning the division. I think the Giants, if that's the case, I think the Giants win the division. I okay. Really, this loss killed them. This loss killed the Eagles, man. 
All right. Well, uh, here we can do Dallas one more before we head out. Um, at Vikings loss. And that's a win. I think they do. Okay. Uh, at versus Washington, I have that as a win. Right. Yep. As a win. Lose to Ravens. Lose yep. to Bengals. Uh, okay. Lose to 49ers. Lose to Eagles. See, the Bengals are that weird team where you, it depends on Burroughs is getting hot and he's starting to figure things out. So I think the, the Bengals will beat the Cowboys. I, I really believe that. I agree. So it's, yeah, it's. Whew. I think the Bengals are going to be one of those teams that sneak up at the end of the, the, the second half of the season and they finish with six wins and everybody feels good about them. Yep. Only thing they're missing is an offensive line. That's it. Yep. That's I think it. Burrow's legitimate. So. Um, yeah, so I guess you have the Giants winning the division. I have the Eagles right now. Uh, but if they lose one, if they lose to the Browns, I'm basically going to bury them. What do you guys think? Leave comments, leave, uh, you know, reviews with those comments. You can, uh, sign up for Eagles extra on nj.com slash text. You can download the podcast wherever podcasts are available. Chris, what what are your final thoughts tonight? This is going to be uh, that Brown that Browns game. I think the, the Eagles have to find a way to go ahead and kill these penalties because if not, and, and they have to put, they have to throw the ball better because if not, it's going to be it's going to be another ugly week and potentially going three straight weeks with losses. That's going to be, oof, it's going to be a tough time in Philadelphia, man. <laughs> yeah, you do not want to come into the Monday Night Football game against the Seahawks hanging your head low. Uh, it's bad enough that you you almost view the Seahawks game as an inevitable loss. Uh, you want to have some optimism going into that one. So for Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you guys later in the week. Uh, we'll be back Thursday for our preview show where we'll talk about the Eagles versus the Browns and maybe quite possibly the biggest must-win game uh, of an AFC versus NFC game that we can think of. That was a terrible preview. Sorry. It's, it's been late. It's been long. We've been driving a bit, quite a bit today. Uh, again, for Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon.